Government programs can't love people. Only people can love people. And the mentoring of good moral people from the community, sacrificing to come into prison, work with the prisoner, and to stay with them when they get out to help with the difficult decisions makes all the difference in the world. Pat Nolan. Oh, yay, oh, yay, oh, yay. The court is now sitting. God save the United States and this honorable court. Well, hello and welcome back finally to another episode of Court is in Session. It's been a couple months since I've been able to do this, but I really enjoy doing these and I'm happy to have on the show my friend and coworker, Caitlin Owens. So thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on Court is in Session. The fabled podcast that my listener will enjoy <laughs> hearing you on. I'm sure there's more than one listener. Well, you know. Nathan and I have listened before. So that's two. Yeah. It's double my general, my normal yeah. viewership, listenership, I suppose. So I know you had said before we started recording that you wanted a little bit about my background and how I got to the ACU. Yeah. I mean, well, I can, I guess, open it up if you want. But um, I uh, came here right out of college. So I graduated in December of 2016. Um, and I had been to CPAC before, um, just with my cousin who was, um, a sponsor, um, of CPAC. So her organization is called Future Female Leaders, and it basically encourages women, young women to get in politics, um, which is super important. Um, so I did that when I was in college and when, when I graduated, I moved straight up to DC um, in January and got this job as um, just like helping out with CPAC in general. And then once that ended in May, uh, I went to a campaign full-time just like around the DC area. And uh, after that ended in November, um, my boss now, who you may or may not know, David, um, he had just hit me up and said, hey, like, would you want to come back and work for criminal justice reform? And I had no idea what that freaking meant. I just knew it was in D.C., put a way to stay there. Um, and I only heard criminal justice. I didn't know what the reform side meant. So that is kind of how I started. Um, but my honestly, my role on politics, government, all of this has shifted like since I've been here, like I don't, I would still consider myself a conservative, but not a Republican. And I think uh, there's a big difference on that and we can get into that, but um, yeah, that's how I started. Well, you're in a, I don't know if I want to say weird position, but you're in a unique position um, in that one, you are a woman and two, you work in criminal justice reform. And I think those are two things that people would normally associate with being conservative. Um, Mm. I don't think I'm making any kind of large assumptions there. Do you find that, um, do people have certain biases um, and uh, thinking that it's strange that you're a conservative working in these spaces? Or do you find that that kind of puts you at a disadvantage or something of an an advantage? So that kind of like hits on like, when I started 
working, so we call criminal justice reform CJR. Um, so when I started CJR here, um, I was the only girl on the team with uh, three other men, um, <clears throat> one just being my age and then, but the three men had all worked together previously on the Hill. So I was, you know, kind of on my own, one, because I was the only girl, and then two, because I didn't know them um, prior. But uh, I, there was biases because when I started, I came in full, like, Fox News, like, hate CNN, CNN, I grew up learning was the Clinton News Network. Um, and I always was taught if you're in jail, like, you're bad, like, you're supposed to be there. Um, so that's kind of how I started seeing it and how, like, my parents, like, raised me as. Um, but when I started diving more into CJR, I realized that we don't think of women when we, you know, incarcerate people. We think of men um, when we think of jails and prisons. Is that something that you were able to bring up specifically, or was that something that they were uh, working on before and they were kind of able to shape your mind on? No, it's it's something that I dove into. Like, David kind of threw me in the water and said, you know, like, one, learn about the issue, but two, find something that, like, you're passionate about. And I realized that women were getting left out of the conversation. Not that, like, legislation hasn't been implemented before I came on board with, um, you know, trying to make sure that women get the necessary, you know, things that they need inside. But again, like, women, prisons were not built for women in mind. And so a lot of the things that, like, I work on and I found um, – unfortunately wasn't happening was women weren't getting, you know, hygiene products. Men don't have to think of that. So, you know, that was something that was lacking in prisons and jails and um, something that I started working on and women, you know, men don't go into jails and prisons pregnant women do. And so what are the parameters and what is in place to ensure that those women with their unborn child, and if we are pro-life, a pro-life party, what are we doing to protect that unborn child? You, um, so what is your proudest accomplishment to date in that field? Um, probably my proudest accomplishment, and this is actually when I started. So I started in January and I wrote I had no idea how to write legislation, but I learned um, in December, we passed, and by we, I mean ACU, passed model legislation uh, regarding women incarcerated, like dealing with pregnant women, um, ensuring that women get hygiene products. We passed that through an organization called ALEC, and they sent it to every state legislature um, that didn't have like laws like that in place to say, hey, this is model policy, but you are, you feel free to literally copy and paste this legislation and introduce it yourself. And since then, um, in December of 2017, we have passed, I think it's 23 states, um, mostly on the East Coast, mostly Southern states, which is super um, interesting to look at um, because as you had mentioned before like criminal justice reform at least notably at first 
wasn't a conservative issue, like Democrats, you know, would always kind of wonder why is the American Conservative Union, you know, working on this issue. I'm trying. Yeah, uh, that's so you mentioned before that you would consider yourself conservative, but not Republican. Um, do you want to address that a little bit more? Sure. What is is the Republic? Is it that the Republican Party is not conservative anymore? Or is it that there are just you walk a different line, a different kind of brand of conservatism than is the Republican Party? Um, I think maybe both. I mean, the short answer is that uh, Trump has changed my mind in a lot of ways. Um, I don't believe that he's a Republican. Um, I think he's a populist. But uh, even if we want to take him as a Republican, um, I he just has changed the party to, you know, basically be whatever it is that said Republican, whether it's Trump or someone else, is in power for. So everyone's just kind of following and like kissing ass. Yeah. If I can cuss on here. Uh-huh, um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, personally, I don't like Trump. Um, I voted for him once and I didn't vote for him the second time. And I think that it's, I want to address like the ways that he has like shaped America for the better because he definitely has. There's definitely been good and bad. Um, you know, he we worked with him on the First Step Act. I was about um, to say the First Step Act was a, a huge yeah. win for our cause. Yeah. And I mean, ACU, you know, has really done a lot uh, with Trump and for Trump. Um, and we have a lot of folks, you know, that have been in his administration here. I think the biggest thing with me is I believe that that office is the highest office, you know, in our country, honestly, probably in the world. And you need to respect that office. And I don't think that he did. Um, I think that he was a bully. And I've had these like hard conversations with like even folks here. But, you know, you can write me off if you want. But yet, then the other side is, okay, well, people write us off because we say we're Republican or conservative, and they automatically think we're for Trump. Well, not all Republicans, not all conservatives are. And just me personally, I think that he could have done a better job handling certain things. So like, let's say, um, you know, he hates black people and Mexicans, for instance. I don't believe that's true. I think, I think he, instead of tweeting and like using that platform to just instigate things, I think that he could have had a sit down with African-Americans and with Latinos and said, let's just talk, have a camera there and it not be, I mean, obviously it's for publicity, but just say, what are the things that I'm, that you see me as racist for being, is it the wall? Okay. Is it, you know, bringing back more jobs because he did, especially in the African-American community, but how he just says something and doesn't follow up with, you know, one thing that he said, which is on a Meek Mill song, uh, we work with Meek Mill, so I know this, uh, in how it started with the Meek Mill song, it said Trump is talking to an audience and saying, 
you're in poverty, you know, your schools are under, you know, underpaid or undervalued, um, you know, all these things are no good. What do you have to lose, you know, to, for me to be in office? And Meek took that and just ran with it and like, didn't follow up, if that makes sense. So like, you know, I'm like, kind of spinning out. But if Trump literally just sat down with the people that are calling him racist or believe that, like, he is inciting violence, I think that it would have made a better outcome and maybe I would have supported him more. But, I mean, even his own wife, the First Lady, her campaign was, you know, to fight against bullying. And I I really truly wonder if she was trying to cry out for help. Wow. I never thought of it that way of her crying for help. Do you think there's a, do you think there's a way out of this in a, in a post Trump uh, party? Cause I've, I've said this often um, cause the last time I shouldn't say the last time cause it, he didn't lose by all that much, especially as much, but I, I think of like the last time the Republican party really reinvented him, reinvented itself as, as a party and not just like, Donald Trump kind of coming in and strong arming it was when Barry Goldwater lost in the 60s, I want to say. And the party kind of had to be circumspectful and say, what did we do wrong? And that's how we got Reagan. Um, mm. And right now, it seems that we lost in 2020. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of people that say we don't, but we did. Right. Trump lost we in definitely 20. Definitely did. Like, guys, let, let's cut cut our losses. Let's stop, not live in the past. Like, let's just move on. Yeah, and the uh, you know, I still haven't watched 2000 Mules. I probably need to see it, but I worked in election integrity mm-hmm. for several months before I came over to CJR. And one of the things that I found really unfulfilling about it is that I'm sitting here saying what we're trying to find just isn't there. There right. was a lot of issues going on for sure. And we can address those, but there wasn't a stolen election. Um, so do you think that there is a figure that would be able to make the Republican party to the Republican party that you would want it to be the more conservative party? Do you think there's going to be that level of introspection or do you think we have to lose another election um, for, for that really to happen? That's a good question. Um, I don't think in the next, what, two years, uh, there's going to be any Republican, whether they're good, you know, for the job or not, uh, that is going to change, especially like, you know, the leftist mind um, on, you know, us just being racist bigots and, you know, anti-gay. Like, if you, like we're doing right now, if you literally sit down with a Republican and then have a... Democrat on the other side, like I, I a hundred percent guarantee you will find more in common with each other than you won't. Yeah. Um, like no one, at least me, like I, I'm a Christian. That doesn't mean that I'm anti-gay. Like, I don't care who you marry as long as you don't hurt anyone. Um, you know, my, I think something that people forget is politics. Yes. Your religion should, can, help you 
choose what to, you know, be for in politics and stuff. But you also have to remember those are two separate things. Like, yeah. there's a reason why church and state are separated. Um, and I think a lot of people forget that. Yeah. But uh, we're going to flip the role. Tell me I've how I've never you... been interviewed on my oh own my show before. Okay. So, guys, this is a takeover of Court and Session. Caitlin is now the host. Um, I really wanted this to just be, like, a conversation like we always have. But, because um, I always just get, like, very tense when it comes to, like, podcasts or interviews. But um, how have you liked working at ECU? Um, has anything, like, changed in your mind since working here? So, and just for background, guys... Court came here as a law clerk, well, fellow. The, no, I came here, what was I, I was called a summer associate. Okay. Um, but I was paid like an intern and treated like an intern kind of thing. I was pretty yeah. much an intern. Um, and then I, so I worked here for the summer and then stayed on and my current title is legal fellow. Okay. And then from that, like you said, you were working in election integrity yeah. for a couple months. And then... I worked in election integrity for a while. Um, I just moved over to CJR officially two months ago. I think it's been three pay cycles. Um, <laughs> um, so, but even be but before that, um, I had been doing more and more work for y'all. Yeah, you so, did. Yeah. So I guess let me um, let me back up a bit because um, I'm I don't consider myself conservative. So it's a weird place to be here. I consider myself libertarian, which I think are are two separate things. And it was funny, the the last job that I had where I worked in an office um, was before grad school when I worked at the Foundation for Economic Education. Um, and I don't know if you know too much about them but they're a very libertarian group. Um, and when I would, they, they shaped kind of the way I view the world more than any other job or any other set of people. Um, and that's where I decided my view of the role of government is simply to uphold human rights and, and that of nothing else. So that's why I have a lot of weird, weird ideas about like, oh, well, you know, maybe the government really shouldn't build the roads if you if you were to press me enough and I, you know, or yeah, I really should be legal to sell heroin at 7-Eleven. And just God. these, <laughs> yeah, exactly. These, these ridiculous like viewpoints that I'll say and, and people will immediately like wince. And then I'll give like a more full explanation. People would be like, I don't agree with you, but I guess I understand more. You're not totally a nut job. Um, but it was funny because when I was there, um, I was like the only person probably who had voted for Donald Trump in the office and probably the only person who had actually voted there. Because uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's no Libertarian Party, guys. It, it exists, but it's it's well, it's quite the thing. I, yes, strike that. There is definitely a Libertarian Party. I meant like we have a two-party system right now. Exactly. But that's not to say that things won't change. I mean – I kind of hope there's a libertarian party. And I like I made up a new word. I would like to um trademark this. Okay. So no one take this if you're listening for yep. Um cons I'm a conservatarian. Okay. So, I'm conservative, but I also 
very much believe that there are two sides to every story and we can get into why I think like certain th- certain issues I can see both sides to, even though, like I say, I'm a conservative. Um, I also think as long as you're not hurting anyone, like yeah. do what, whatever you want to do. That was our uh, motto at Fee was anything peaceful. Mm. Also, I really hate to break this to you. But there is a book out there called The Conservatarian Manifesto. Okay, well, you know what? That I will lend to them. But I, as far as I'm concerned, you own the work. Thank you. Yeah. No, ever, ever since I was little, and I haven't told a lot of people this, so you are probably one of the only ones I've told this to. Ever since I was little, I thought, honestly, sometimes I still believe this, that like there's like a camera crew following me around they're invisible but they follow me around because i'll say something like hey we should have like this should be a thing and then somehow it just happens mm. so maybe someone heard me say conservatarian and then they wrote that book i bet that's what happened <laughs> i'm sure that's what happened um, okay so how has your time been um like overall um like again have you like learned anything new and how ha- has what you're doing right now um, how are you going to implement that when you do graduate law school? Yeah. So um, overall, my experience here has been incredible. I always said I wanted to, the, the reason I wanted to move to D.C. was to make government influence on people a little bit smaller anyway that I can. Mm. And being able to do things like help write uh notes to legislatures that have been read in session about, you know, why the governor should have full pardon power and um, other things that I've been able to do with CJR has been just incredibly fulfilling. And it's also taught me, you know, you, you, you hear, you, you hear how government's supposed to work like the schoolhouse rock version. And by the time you hit high school, you realize that's kind of nonsense. Um, And then you kind of get this idea of how Washington works or you think it works, but even still it's completely different in that it's entirely just a system based on favors, Mm -hmm. like even more so than I thought. Um, And that's something that's been really fascinating to learn while I've been here. Um, And my hope is to be able to, to work for, the Department of the Treasury. Hopefully in 2024, a Republican gets elected into office. I mean, my first love has always been economics. Um, CJR, I was honestly just kind of thrown into. Criminal justice was not something that I ever thought I wanted to do on any level, Um, but I've been enjoying it and I've been getting better at it. And I, I, it's, I've, I've loved it a lot. So it's, but I, I, I'd like to be able to take what I've learned about making connections in Washington and being an effective writer and being able to take that to hopefully the Department of the Treasury. That's awesome. Um, it also obviously helps, even if like CJR isn't like what you want to do at the end of the day, like you, and I, I'm just speaking for you, you enjoy what you do half of the reason because of the people that you work with. Yeah. I mean, honestly, no matter where you work, like, if you don't have a good environment, like, good environment relationship-based with your coworkers, like, it's going to suck. Yeah. Um, And at least, like, our team here at ECU, 
on the CJR team. Like, is our, you know, we're very close. And yeah. Damn, we're about to take a family trip to Pennsylvania. Family trip to Pennsylvania. Now, you guys have been incredible. Like, obviously, we get along really well, I like to think. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I love Ashley to death. Uh, David, who likes to act like he's some super big, tough guy meanie, is actually just a softie and a sweetheart. Yeah, I love him to something death. I told you, so David and I have gotten in, you know, a handful of fights, um, yeah. I would say probably because we're the closest in the office, but um, <laughs> our last uh, fight, I was just like throwing curveballs, and one thing I said to him was, you can dish things out, but you can't take it yourself. And he got so offended by that. And I was like, see, there you go. Like, <laughs> right there, dude. Yeah. But, yeah. We work with a good team. We um, do work with a good team. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of funny how all of us started, which is why I wanted to talk about it. Yes. Yeah. I don't think any of us really planned to do the work that we're doing. Like, so our our boss, David, um, he was in the Bush administration, got caught up in um, something and ended up serving time. He didn't, but when he got out, he realized, like, there are so many things, you know, unjust about the justice system, and he wanted to change. Um, so he kind of fell in the work with that. Uh, Pat Nolan, who is uh, the founder of the Nolan Center for Justice here at ACU, um, he fa- he was um, in the California General Assembly and got caught up in something, and unfortunately ended up spending time as well and met Chuck Colson, who is um, the founder of Prison Fellowship and also was the guy, the sleazy guy behind the Watergate scandal. Ooh. Yeah. Um, he was like the guy that you went to when you like needed something brushed under the rug, fun okay. fact. But um, so he met him, found Christ, and then together they worked um, in criminal justice reform when they got out. Uh, so again, he wasn't planning on doing this work. I wasn't freaking planning on doing this work. My, guess what my uh, bachelor's degree is in? English. No, but it starts with an E. Oh, man. Environmental science. Hmm, no, education. Education. Yep. I uh, went to Longwood University in a, co- a town called Farmville. Guess what's there? Farms. And <laughs> um, I studied elementary ed. Um and then Patrick, he just got pulled on from the hill working with David. So, oh wow, yeah, it's kind of funny how all of us have come together. I've one thing that I appreciate about David, like because you brought up him in um, you know getting caught up in the system, and um, you know the he because he's got that first chain experience with it. He is so passionate, mm-hmm. and he just you can tell he puts his everything into the work that he does so it makes it really a lot easier to want to work hard and do good work for him because it's he takes it very personally and it's it's a big part of his life yeah and i mean there's a saying uh that we use people that are closest to the problems are closest to the solutions Mm -hmm. meaning like if you've been caught up like david or pat has you know you know the things that need to be worked on so what about you? Are you trying to stay here forever or what do you want to do next? I like DC, but it's a love-hate relationship. I grew up in a small town. Yeah. Um, and we had chickens and all that stuff growing up in land. Um, but 
DC is a place where you come to like do politics, like you just do. Yeah. But it also is a very small town, and people don't realize that it's a huge mm-hmm. city. Okay, yeah, it takes like twenty minutes to go a mile, but you know everyone here, especially yeah. in the conservative movement. It's so small, but um, I think I will stay here. And that's a question just because, like, I don't want kids. And I don't think that this is a place to raise kids. Uh, granted, people have done it and do a very good job at it. But um, I don't want kids. And at least right now, I don't even want to be in a relationship because then I would have to split my time. And I don't I hardly have time for myself. Um <laughs> So that's a long-winded way of saying, yes, I want to stay here in D.C. Uh, whatever I do, I want to serve people, though. Yeah. So it may be CJR. It may be something else. I obviously love working with women um, who have been assaulted um, just because I, too, have had that um, happen to me. So I relate very well um, and can understand where they're coming from. I can understand, like, you know, you hear a woman is incarcerated because she murdered someone. Okay, well, ask why she murdered them. Not saying that murder is good in any sense, but when 80% of women are sexually assaulted and when women um, are caught up at a young age, like Sintonia Brown, Sintonia Brown, for instance, um, I think she was like 11 or 12 when she started getting raped, um, you know, by family members. And they put drugs in her to like get rid of the pain. Like it's so like you're just caught in a bubble and how, how do you get out of it to kill the person that like, you know, is affecting you that way. Um, so it just, it really makes me feel like I'm serving instead of really working, if that makes sense. Yeah. And not that like I have any other than a, T- uh, speeding tickets that I don't know the number of because it's been too many. Um, other than that, I mean, I haven't been in the justice system, so I don't have that experience. Um, and who am I to like tell, you know, someone how to like come out and you know not recidivate when that's all they know how to do? But um, I do want to help where I can. Yeah. Well, I try to keep these things around half an hour, and we are we got to that point quick. But is there anything else you want to say uh, before we wrap up? No, um, everyone. Well, yeah, I don't know why I said no when I have things to say, but um, everyone, go listen to Court's podcast <laughs> and follow him because he's going to definitely make a difference with whatever he does. Um, I mean, he can come up with a clever name such as court is in session. So um, thanks for having me on and letting me do this. And yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure.